I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Claudia Bellafato holding it down for us at the DraftKings studio in Boston. We got a great show for everybody. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us a five-star rating, and check us out here live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKings Network, our YouTube channel, Samsung TV+. And you can catch the best of Gojo and Golik every day wherever you hear VEASAN on the radio from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. Fun one today, getting one of our old buddies in here because some is great and more is better when it comes to Notre Dame alums in the media. Jordan Cornette, NBC Sports Hoops analyst, going to stop by and talk with us about a little bit of what's going on in college basketball season. I saw a very passionate defensive court storming from Jordan Cornette, uh, as well as a number of other things. One of our favorite guys to visit with and check in with there. And that is because uh, we are in the heart of hoop season right now. We will get to plenty of NFL combine topics as we keep going through the drills today. We got the questions round today. All those strange combine questions that you've heard about people getting answered and asked over the years. Dad, I don't know, was that as much of a thing when you went through the combine back in the olden no. days out in Arizona? All right, easy on the olden days, number one. Uh, number two, no, it was not. You, you had more kind of a normal interview. There wasn't those kind of things. We, we had the Wonderlick test. That was kind of our, our thing to do. And then you had your meetings. And yeah, they were just normal type questions. I, I, was, I never really started hearing about this stuff until I started, you know, was in the media and started covering it where the questions got a little more different as the years went on. And I, I, it still baffles me some of the ridiculous questions that are asked, and and I know there's they give their reasons on why they ask them. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? You know, I I, I get there's a 
a psychological or philosophical reason you're doing it, but it just it seems kind of weird for a game of football, quite honestly. Is, th is there really a reason, though? Like, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. And I feel like if I was a player, I'd well, get more nervous for those questions because you know how the media runs with something that you say you think it's sweet and innocent, and they're like, J.J. McCarthy said this. So I'd be more worried about those questions if I were a player. In, 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 in the ways of NFL trying to do all their homework because they're going to invest millions of dollars in these players, they a lot of times leave no stone unturned, so they will talk to, hey, we want to know about the mind of this guy. So they'll talk to psychologists who have nothing to do with sports who would maybe use this in their line of work on why they would ask a question or what the meaning is. And maybe I'm just just thinking, giving them more credit than it's due. Maybe they're just told, mm -hmm. hey, when you interview a guy, think of three really stupid questions to ask him along the way. It could be that simple, and I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, so I don't know why I'm doing that. It's <laughs> fair. Well, in that vein, I have come up with what I believe can be a combine-level question that I want to probe this group within a little bit in the show and see what kind of answers we get. We have workshopped this. This has come from extensive work with psychologists, a.k.a. I looked it up on Reddit and found it. Those are our nation's foremost psychologists. In the meantime, Dad, I'm going to ask a way simpler question uh, at this point in time as we are in the home stretch of the NBA season. And as I'm watching yes. the action last night, the question popped into my mind, if not now, then when? Watching this Boston Celtics team, Dad, if not now, then when for this group? As you have seen this team that is now seven and a half games up on the second place Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference. They get a win over the Joel Embiidless Philadelphia 76ers, who probably kept yeah. that closer longer than they should have for the body of yeah. that game without their star player. This has still been an incredible run, 25 straight home wins against Eastern Conference opponents. They've been a juggernaut this year, Dad. So it, if Boston can't get this done, how big of a disaster is this for the Celtics? Oh, it's, listen, it's huge. We, we, we talked about this on the baseball side last year with Atlanta, you know, of, of you got to close the deal. You know, you look good in the regular season, you got to close the deal. Multiply this by about 100 for Boston and what they're doing right now and how they need to close it. You mentioned it, seven and a half to the second place Cavaliers. Out in the West, you got to go down seven teams. Minnesota's first, Sacramento's seventh. They're seven and a half back, so it's a lot closer there. You know, and it's one of those years right now where it's kind of all hitting with what Porzingis is doing. Uh, we'll talk about Derek White and what he's doing. But it's not just the stars, uh, though Porzingis is there, but the guys you know, you know, that, that, that Boston had uh, with Brown and Tatum. Uh, but what you've added and how you add to the chemistry of a team, and it's all clicking right now. But, yeah, if it, if it doesn't click all the way, it's going to be a waste. There are people that are done with Boston for the regular season, right? It doesn't matter. We know you're going to get there. And in this case, you're going to get there and be the overwhelming number one seed. So that doesn't mean anything. you got to close this deal, you know? And if they can't do it, then that's going to be just another, especially for a guy like Jason Tatum in, in, in basketball, where you really put it on the players. Uh, we always talk, I, or at least I do, why is the Super Bowl uh, rings on a quarterback? Well, I get it in NBA championships on players because they're on the court, as we've talked about. They're on the court offense, defense. They can be on the court the entire game, so having a, an influence on the entire game. So I, I think for Tatum, I mean, this is part of what he needs to keep 
you know, growing in stature and in legacy is to close these deals out. Yeah, it was interesting you bring him up in particular. Draymond Green uh, the other day was talking about Jason Tatum and kind of what's at stake for him in his place in the NBA towards the end of the season as it regards not only the championship, but the prospect of an MVP. The goalpost has shifted dramatically because in this guy's case, he's fifth. And they got a seven and a half game lead in the conference. That goalpost is moving on JT. I don't know what JT got to do. I do know what JT got to do. I told y'all last time what JT got to do. JT will not be taken serious for the MVP until he win a championship. And it just hasn't been that way for everybody else, I must say. It is interesting, and Draymond brings up a compelling point about where Jason Tatum is in the conversation about NBA stars in general and the conversation about the MVP. But, Dad, the comparison that I thought of when you were talking about the way this Boston Celtics team has been together for a while, especially especially their core, Sands, Kristaps, Porzingis, who obviously came over this offseason, right. it's a lot like what the Denver Nuggets had gone through leading up to this point. The difference was Nikola Jokic was regarded as not only one of the best current players in the NBA, but based on individual accomplishment, broaching on one of the best players of all time. It's why that championship last year went so far because based on what right. he was leading up to in terms of multiple time MVPs, he was becoming a guy that was in rarefied air amongst NBA bigs that didn't match up with the championship hardware for Jason Tatum. I, I think dad, a lot of it is because for so long, while he's been a name for a long time and been a guy that's received lost, lofty comparisons, I remember people talking about his skill set saying LeBron James is a guy that's one of his few peers in terms of height, weight, speed, length, ability, the things that stack up just physically for Jason Tatum. But it feels like we've always considered him in tandem with Jalen Brown. It's always been about that young right. core yep. of the Celtics roster. Yep. And we've never really, I think, taken the time to pull them apart and consider their individual nature. Because even last night against the Sixers, you look at the final score of that game, Jalen Brown goes off for 31. Jason Tatum's got 29. There are stretches where other guys are taking over here, and it doesn't fall squarely on the shoulders of a guy like Jason Tatum the way it might for you know someone like Shea Gilgis-Alexander who's got to create a little bit more for what goes on in Oklahoma City. So, Dad, do you think Draymond's right? Do you think it's going to have to kind of go in reverse order for Jason here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you see that. In, in lesser things and in other sports, like a football player kind of coming out of nowhere but doesn't make a Pro Bowl until he plays really well, and then the next year he gets the love for it. So you wonder if for Jason Tatum it has to be what Draymond said in a larger sense. They need to win the title, and then next year, you know, he can be a guy that's looked at. But, uh, but to your point, I mean, yeah, you know, Joker, Joker has, has – done things on his own, carried that team on his own, and he's a big man. That always adds to it, let's be honest. When you're a big man doing special things, that's always a, a, a interesting thing to people. And Jason Tatum, you're right, it's been like a duo with him. So I, I may, is he better than we're giving him credit for? I mean, we've considered him one of the top players in the league for a while. And by the way, he's only 25 years old. And I know they can start, you know, one year out of college, so more like 19 years old, but still. And the guy is young in what he's done. But I think I, I understand what Draymond is, is saying, you know, about Tatum and winning it. And, and, and this is the year, right? So I think if, if this is the year and they win the title and he plays next year, or obviously not plays next year, but plays extremely well next year, 
I think you start looking at that more. Is that fair? No, I don't think it's fair. Um, you think he would should be higher on the list of where, where was he fifth? I think Claudia had him on the on the as far as odds fifth to win it. It's just the other guys now have become established, except for you know uh, Alexander. You know what he's doing in Oklahoma City. Uh, you know he's kind of, but he kind of came onto the scene as well. So and now leading Oklahoma City to possibly the top of the West. I think this is the only issue across all sports when we talk about depth being an issue, and it's really only comes down to an individual issue because we talk about the depth of the Celtics. That's the reason Tatum's not getting the MVP looks. I look at a guy like Luka. Everybody's talking about SGA, but look at what Luka has done. Continuing, didn't skip a beat from last season. If you want to talk stat lines, 34 and a half a game, basically nine rebounds and 10 assists. If you look at the stat leaderboard for Dallas, he is everything, yet you're seeing him on the board. What he is, He's at plus 550 behind SGA, decent amount. So I get the love for Tatum 100%. He deserves to be in the conversation. But Luka has no help, guys. Where is the love for Luka? No, you're right. It should be there. We talked about that last week, leading the league in points per game for the first time in his career. The guy's averaging 34 and a half points per game. That's insane. Yeah. And he's doing it, by the way, it's not like we talked about Jason Tatum having help. He's doing it in a backcourt that's got Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving, who's not spouting conspiracy theories and just getting to the rack and doing some of the crazy Kyrie Irving finishing moves that we've seen throughout his career, like... He, he's got some of that, but you're right, Claudia, to your point, it still seems like such a singular experience with Luka Doncic and what he's been able to do for that team that suffered a heartbreaker at the buzzer last night at the hands of Max Strus and the Miami, and excuse me, the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I, I, you're, I, I think that also is the difference right there. You're right, depth is the highlight. And Jason Tatum deserves credit for the willingness to say, hey, I don't need to force it because we've got all these other parts, because we brought Kristaps Porzingis over, and now this guy who later in his career has developed a post-up presence, in addition to being the unicorn stretch five that he came into the league as, and that's affected and changed the way that we can play basketball. With what you've got with Drew Holiday and uh, Derek White in that backcourt as far as defensive guards on this team, you've got so much help out there for Jason Tatum, and he's right to use it. And I also do think all of this kind of backdrop underscores another point which is the MVP is certainly a conversation but if you're Jason Tatum and really the way that we've structured the NBA at large now and modern discourse about this the finals MVP matters a lot more right because it goes yes. in concert with the ultimate goal that we dangle in front of these guys anyway all we do the minute you stack up enough MVPs is ask if you haven't won a championship why that's the case right. and start to devalue it anyway so if Jason Tatum can get to the finals and if the Boston Celtics cross the goal line with this thing Jason Tatum is more than likely going to be the guy that's lifting the finals MVP when that's all said and done and he's finally got the rest of the right team around them built in the right ways having a modern big like Kristaps to battle with not only the other guys in the east especially if Joel gets healthy but what you've got lurking in the west and Claudia that's kind of the other portion of this conversation is we've talked about the disparity between Boston and the eastern conference but you look out west and you've got certainly teams like the Denver Nuggets the defending champs and Nikola Jokic but also teams like the Golden State Warriors that are getting more and more whole as the season goes along and just got even more back last night 
Yeah, Chris Paul missed 21 games. He's back, had to have surgery on that left hand. And this sort of spoke to just how much depth the Warriors do have, which I don't think we talk about. That second unit specifically, though, Clay Thompson coming off of the bench. Now double digits for him in seven of the last eight. Scored 25 last night. Chris Paul coming into that one. Nine points, which we know he's not going to go crazy with points, but six assists, four rebounds, four steals, plus 17 net rating, though, which showed just how impactful it was to have him back in the mix. And Steve Kerr was happy with the second unit, and I don't blame him. What a luxury to come off the bench with Chris Paul and Clay Thompson. I mean, that's crazy. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think I said this before the game, but it, it feels like um, we've kind of found a nice um, combination of uh, a starting group um, that we've been able to count on, you know, over the last month and a, a second unit that's been good all year. Um, but, you know, adding Clay to that only makes it better. And you have Steph Curry, too, which doesn't hurt. Uh, they've won eight of their last yeah. ten around even money, so odds makers think it's likely that they do make the playoffs, but they're not heavy favorites to get in. What do you guys think about them at this point if they do get everybody back on, on board healthy? Yeah, I, I think they, they remain kind of where we've been talking about them for a while, Dad, in my mind, which is prime spoiler territory. you got a couple of teams in the top seeds in what, uh, Minnesota or Oklahoma, Oklahoma City who are doing this for yep. the first time with these cores and have young dudes with these cores. And now all of a sudden, Claudia mentioned it, you got two Hall of Famers manning the helm of your second unit if you're the Golden State Warriors. That counts for something in the postseason. I think there's been multiple times. Chris Paul is certainly not what he once was. And the looming specter of injury that had kept him off the court until this is such a fear at this point in his career, which, man, now as someone in their mid-30s, boy, do I understand why all these older athletes are hurt all the time when I'm foam rolling to go to Pilates class. But this is <laughs> the prime thing. You've got people that are the adults on the floor when things go wrong. And I think that's kind of what everything Claudia just described and everything we saw last night from CP3 is when things are starting to get a little bit out of whack, you've got someone that's never overwhelmed by the situation, and that counts for a lot. And again, Golden State is not going to win a title this year. I feel pretty comfortable in saying that, even with Steph Curry looming, looking to make me look stupid. But they're absolutely capable, especially in a, game, in a series early on where these guys are coming in and aren't worn down yet by the pace of this series set up in the postseason to absolutely clip one of these top teams if they're not ready for it based on the style they play. I mean, what Steve Kerr said is so true. Look at that bench. I mean, what do they outscore Washington 59-15 off the bench? Again, Thompson and Chris Paul off the bench. when you got And that, that's what you're looking for when your star is off the court. How is the time filled? You know, what can Paul do when Steph's off the court? When they're on the court together, you know, uh, Steph can be off ball uh, that way as well. So, I mean, depth it can be such a, an important thing in a series, uh, which is obviously what basketball is. So I, I guess I would agree in the fact that the, uh, the four teams looking to do the play-in right now, it's Sacramento, and that could change because Phoenix, Sacramento, with Pelicans, Dallas, all kind of right there could shift around. But right now, between Sacramento, Dallas, Golden State, and the Lakers, who, if you're in the top six, are you fearing the most that can beat you? It's Golden State, without, without question. To me, it's Golden State. I know you got Luka, but as Claudia mentioned, you got Luka. And that, that's really it. With all that Luka's doing, they're sitting in the ace slot, right? A game and a half away from being in the 10. So he's doing everything just to keep their head above water. 
The, the Golden, Golden State could literally make a bit of a run here. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to win it. But I think they can make a run. And all of a sudden, it's kind of still setting up that it's they and the Lakers and the 9-10 slots will play that winner has a chance to be in, loser is out because Utah seems to be a little far back. Dallas, like I said, is within range to catch. But I still think that's what everybody wants, the 9-10 game to be Golden State and Los Angeles. But if you're doing that, the winner of that game is the the – you know, wh- where they're going to be in this thing. You know, you're looking up at the top of the conference, so you're like, you sure we want to win the conference? We're going to have to play Golden State in the first round. That could, that could, that could really end poorly for us right now. <laughs> hey, we hear all these conversations about the one seed, man. It's a lot less cute when all of a sudden that's the challenger entering the arena on the other side, the multiple time NBA champions who, yeah, they're not as good as they once were, but, uh, you know, as good once as they ever was, uh, I think is the line and could absolutely be the case with these guys. So it, uh, it, it makes for an exciting stretch down the season because getting healthy at the right time we talked about on the other side, man, watching Boston and what happened with the 76ers last night, the 76ers team fought hard, but unless Joel Embiid can come back healthy, like we've seen yeah. for a lot of the guys returning for Golden State and some of these other squads, it's just not going to matter in the long run because eventually you're going to hit one of these stretches where a team could put their foot down on the gas and just unload points on you because you've got no rim protector. You don't have the basic needs you have to get by. Coming up next, though, I'm looking up at the scores from last night. And all things considered, given the modern NBA, not too bad. Cavs 121-119, Warriors 123-112, Hawks 124-97. Scoring, though, we know up across most of the NBA. And has it finally gone high enough to where the powers that be are going to take a look under the hood? We'll get into the NBA scoring spree next here on Gojo and Golan. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Apparently, there's too much offense in the NBA. I didn't think that would be an issue, considering nobody ever wants to bet unders because we want more points. However, the NBA doesn't think this is fun. They, they're saying that we want to change this. There's an offensive imbalance, so the competition committee is actually reviewing this to see what they can change to make it better. And yes, scoring is up, but again, I don't think it's a bad thing. Average is the highest since 1969. The league has set a record for offensive efficiency six times in the past eight seasons, but that's no surprise when you have the stars like you do. We mentioned Luca 34 a game. You have guys like Devin Booker dropping 62, Luca 73, Cat 62, and B drop 70. That's four players just last month. 
that is a little crazy when you think about it, but what are you supposed to do, guys? Just say, hey, can you play defense? Like, that, that's the other <laughs> part of the NBA, just play defense. What is the committee going to do here? Yeah, that was the cry from some guys. I think it was Aaron Gordon uh, who they talked to with the Denver Nuggets who's like, some of you just need to care more about playing good defense, and that'll get a lot of this solved. But, uh, Dad, I, I'm generally with Claudia where – you and I have had this battle when it comes to football and plenty of sports. I am a former offensive player. I'm generally inclined to believe, like most fans in most leagues, that offense is the thing that's selling tickets for you. People want to come to see action in their sport. It's why Major League Baseball enjoyed such a boom last year on the backs of the pitch clock because it sped up the action and it gave us a little bit more, a little bit more frequently. And so for the NBA right now, I, I, I do think that Coming off the All-Star game, there's a little bit of sensitivity right. to this that is probably yep. going to fade once we get into the postseason because that's the other part of this is we're talking about, I think, the disparity between regular season basketball and postseason basketball where we almost always see, all right, with the benefit of more strict game plans, actual time to set those game plans and rotations against what you're going to specifically see for a series and another team, we see a lot better defense and a lot better teams in the postseason. So... Is this enough, Dad, in the regular season to be a problem the NBA actually has to address? Yeah, I, I don't know if they have to address this thing. I do think the sensitivity of the All-Star game, it's what happened in the NFL, right? I mean, all NFL rules have been made for the offense. To play, be a DB in the NFL now, I mean, you should get hazard pay for that, for how difficult they've made it, and they don't care because they want the offensive firepower. Went too far, obviously, in the Pro Bowl the way they do that. And again, we talk about the NBA All-Star game. We all just kind of shake our heads. Like I said, I, I don't watch it anyway. I like watching the skills competition. So what can you do? And sh and I, I guess the bigger question is to what, what you guys have just said. Should you do anything? Is it a problem? Is it something that's turning fans off? Where are ratings now in basketball? If they're down why are they down? Is it because of that? Uh, that th those are questions I don't know. But one thing I do know, if you'd like to change it a little bit, if you'd like to, you know, a little less, you know, the high-scoring games and the freewheeling out there, you know, when they played basketball when I was growing up, Mike, it was a different game. You want to incorporate that a little bit? Swallow the whistle a little yeah. bit, right? Swallow yeah. the whistle a little bit. Drive in the lane, yeah. all of a sudden find you on your back a few times more. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, if you, if you, listen, it's a physical game already. I'm not going to sit here and say basketball is not a physical game. It is a physical game. When you watch that game up close, there is hitting and, and, and contact on every single play. But if you want to, you know, stop this, what, if you think there is, you know, what, what, when Silver took over 105 points for, per 100 possessions, now it's 115 points. Uh, per 100 possession. So if you want to knock that down a little bit, let the guys get a little more, a uh, little more, you know, physical on the defensive side. Now it's a fine line of turning it into ball that I saw, you know, uh, growing up in the late 80s and and even earlier than that. But that could be a way to bring that back a little bit, bring back a little of the physicality that once was. Well, Dad, I think a lot of what you're talking about there is what most people have whittled down to hand-checking. People have made this an issue that once hand-checking yep. became a thing that the NBA was going to strictly adhere to, the game all of a sudden changed a little bit. But honestly, I think a lot more of this, even if you wanted to do what you do and turn it into all-out war again by swallowing the whistle a little bit, 
I think there's too much space to cover now. The league's emphasis on three-point shooting and the fact that you've not only got great guards, great wing players that are capable of doing it, but also great bigs that are capable of spacing the floor the way you do. There's just too much room to work for as many talented players as we have right now. Tim Bontemps uh, and uh, and uh, here we go. Kevin Pelton and Tim Bontemps did the article at ESPN.com. And they talked about some of the tracking data that the NBA has. And they said the space covered by offense, so the space used on the court at any given time by offense, has increased by about 5% since the 2021-2022 seasons per Sports Info Solutions. In that same time span, the space by covered by defense has increased by just 0.3%. Teams can't cover all of the space adequately enough when the ball movement, given the amount of space that's now stretched the court, exists there. So, Claudia, to that point, I don't know if there is a real way to put the toothpaste back in the tube on this because of just the way the math of the games evolve. And I have to say, I agree with Senior. I think bringing back the bad boy Pistons would be amazing and fun for viewership. <laughs> but that also brings into the issue of now these star players have to play a certain amount of games to be considered for MVP and all of that. And that's sort of built into their contract. So if you bring in that physicality, where is the defense going to go the hardest on? It's the Lucas, it's the Tatums, it's the SGAs, the Jokers of the world. So I totally agree. I think... In my mind, that's really the only way you can fix it. What else are you going to do? Sit down the players and say, listen, you got to play defense. Like, okay, they know that, right? So I, I don't think there really is a way to solve this. But I think if anything, yeah, it's the refs just don't make the game so much about them. Try and keep it safe, but, you know, don't stop the play every other one. I would agree, and I yeah, think, I, I, listen, listen, I won't say that there's not defense altogether on the perimeter. Teams are shooting as well as ever from three-point range, despite, according to this article again, an increase in the share of difficult contested or pull-up attempts rather than catch-and-shoot opportunities. Guys have been trying on the perimeter. I think we also yep. have to count for, and Dad, this is the one thing we always talk about when we have these eras conversations of, oh, could LeBron James and Kevin Durant go back and play in the 90s when everyone's crashing the lane and beating the hell out of them, is we've always said players are Adjust, and that's what's happened here. Yes. Players have adjusted yeah. to all of the room and space that they've got to operate now and are even better than ever. The shooting has gotten better because they've got more reps at the current spacing and the right. current math of basketball and what that's required of them skill set wise. I mean, hell, we've seen certain guys, especially bigs, change the entire course of their game <laughs> in order to fit this now. So I, I do think this is also a skill thing, which to the original point Claudia made, should be a net positive overall for the league. You've got so many gifted players who now have more space to show those gifts than ever before. So yeah, we mentioned the bad boy Pistons. You know who is the executive vice president and head of basketball operations for the league? It's Joe Dumars. And for you younger people out there, yep. Joe Dumars was part of the bad boys. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, Google it. And you will see a different form of of basketball. And I'm not saying go back to that basketball. And I think at the end of the day, I'm in agreement with you guys is I don't know if you can even toughen it up. If you guard the perimeter more when the ball goes down, let the swallow the whistle a little more, let it be a little more physical in, in the paint. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to work. I'm not asking a return to bad boy basketball at all. But we're sitting here trying to think of things. I'm sure that, you know, we'll have Jordan Cornett on a little bit later. We can ask him, a guy who's lived his life on a basketball court, so we can do that as well. Um, so I, I, I don't know if there's an answer. I think the athletes are so much better, especially the bigs, the game. Now, I think the philosophy, Mike, is 
we can play defense, but I'd rather we'd rather try and outscore this team than maybe stop this team. I think that we have framed this the wrong way anyway. This isn't just an, oh, NBA scoring's a problem. This is a continued devaluing of the regular season. This is I don't think we're going to be talking about this when we get to the postseason and everyone actually mm. tries hard and cares and is motivated. This is just another bit of symptom of the root that is, hey, no one looks at the NBA's regular season as that valuable anymore. And so in the vein of fixing court storming the way I did yesterday, I've come up with my solution to fix the NBA's <laughs> regular season. You ready for this one? Two in-season tournaments. Oh, you think it's great that you won the first one in the fall? We're all just getting revved up then. We got to double it up. Another in-season tournament. We got to get these guys to buy in and care about it. More money bags on the court. More in-season action. More weird custom-made courts out there. This is where we get them. We just add another one in there. Adam Silver, you've got the tools. Now go out and make it work. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Gojo and Golik. Now, of course, the NFL Combine is about the skills and the players showcasing their talents. But the more fun part, which we talked about off the top of the show, is just the strange questions, which apparently Senior says there is a reason behind. But when we talk about some of them, you're really going to question that. So let's do this, guys. I'm going to throw them all at you. And first thing that comes to mind, just give me your answer. The first one we have is philosophical here. Would you rather be a cat or a dog? So in the vein of these questions having a goal, I actually do think this is one where NFL teams want you to say dog, more so because dogs yeah. are obviously high energy, go-getters, and also pretty obedient. And I do think that that is a yeah. thing that NFL teams value is someone that's going to go out there and execute and do what they're told as opposed to cats that are a little bit more think for yourself, a little bit more self-sustaining. Cat would be like if you get Aaron Rodgers. you got to be a really talented cat in order to go out in a world of dogs and be someone that teams want to rock with. I agree. I, I definitely agree. And really quickly on an aside, Mike, when you were preparing for Combine and Pro Day, when you were at one of the big, you were at Exos, which is out here, didn't they prepare you for, did they prepare you for questions? I'm going to give my answer, but I just wanted to ask that really quick about what type of answers you should give. 
Well, they prepared you for like the normal questions about like, oh, you know, if you were to get cut, what are you going to do after this? Like, you're not supposed to explain to them, oh, you know what? I want to give this another try, but this is what I got my degree in. This is what they don't want to hear that. They want to hear, I'm going to get back in the gym and I'm going to work really hard so that I can come (laughs) back and do this again. Because again, they don't want it to seem like you have other options or desires outside of football. So they prepare you for that stuff. I was not prepared for any sort of cat or dog questions during this process. And I can show you that much. All right, along those lines, I love I love all animals. We had a cat as well when you guys were younger, but we love dogs, have dogs. I would be a dog just because I like dogs better. So, Okay, I love Claudia, dogs. Claudia, what about you, cat or dog? Um, you know, I had cats when I lived with an ex-boyfriend. I hated cats. He wanted them, and as cute as they were, I really, I couldn't. I'm a dog girl. But also, I feel like <laughs> cats are, like, sneaky, and they could get by defenders and... I don't know. Cam Newton 2011 said, I see myself more as a human being, so I think I'm with Newton there. (laughs) Second question. That's a fair question. What, this one, this is, I don't, what color is chocolate, guys? See, like this one, I don't know what sort of deep philosophical answer I'm supposed to give. It's brown. Like chocolate's brown. I understand you could have white chocolate or dark chocolate. It's a little bit, but I'm thinking the tried and true, it's brown. (laughs) Well, that's, I guess if that's what you wanted to do, you could say, well, what kind of chocolate are you talking about? You know, you're talking about a white chocolate, dark, you know, dark chocolate. There's darker brown. There's brown. You know, give me a little more. I'd throw it back on the interviewer on that one and say, be more specific uh, on the type the of chocolate you're approach. asking me about. Uh-huh. I, I would say chocolate is what you want it to be. I'd get really philosophical <laughs> with it. I'd say, depends on the situation, how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling white, it's white, dark, dark. That one is ridiculous. Uh, third one, which really isn't any more sane. What kind of fish are you? Senior, I feel like this resonates with you. What kind of fish are you? Something come to mind? Well, I love bass fishing. I, I, I'm a big bass fisherman. I like bass. The reason I like them is when they're hungry, they'll be down, you know, looking for food. And when they're not, they just kind of hang out. You know, that's what my couch is for and my iPad for Netflix. I would just kind of hang out when I'm hungry. I get up and I move and I look for some food and I get some food and then I'm stagnant. So I'm kind of like a bass in that way. I like that. I want to go for just sheer mass here, especially as a former O-lineman. I want to be a bluefin tuna or an Atlantic Ooh. bluefin tuna. They're like, I think I looked oh, it up, 10 feet long and can weigh up to 2,000 pounds. You're just an absolute unit in the animal kingdom. And to be in the ocean, I want to be as big as possible because the ocean is scary as hell. I have no desire to actually go in there ever. I love being around the ocean. I live in Southern California. That belongs to them. I don't need to introduce us into the equation. I don't know if you feel any different about the ocean, Claudia, but I'm out on the ocean. I love the ocean. It scares me. And that's why I I love looking at it. I love swimming and the very close yeah. to shore. Um, but I would be a Siamese fighting fish because they're pretty and they're cute and they stay in a little bowl. But if everybody, anybody comes in with them, they fight them because they want to be alone, which I get that because I like being alone. People are cool, but oh, you wow. know. I just looked, I just looked up the image of this. It's a very, it's like, it's oh, almost got like a flowy dress on they're the They're gorgeous, all different colors. We, so when I was younger, quick story, we, we bought a few, didn't realize they would kill each other. So I got two really pretty ones. I was all <laughs> excited. The next morning I'm going to feed it and I'm like, Oh my God, one of them died. So obviously, you know, survival of the fittest and that time he's fighting fish lived on for a while. So that's what I would be. Anyways, they are beautiful. Go look them up. Uh, All right, fourth question. Are you afraid of clowns? And I feel like the answer is supposed to be I'm not afraid of anything, but what do you guys think on this one? 
You know what? Listen, I think the, I think all of us deep down in places that we absolutely want to talk about at parties can say clowns are scary as hell. I don't know who thought of <laughs> clowns originally and said this is supposed to be a funny thing. Like who's the weirdo yeah. that thought of the concept of a clown and decided, oh yeah, this gonna get with the giggles. This is gonna be the thing that makes them laugh. Like no, they're just lurking around dark corners or in sewer drains waiting for you to end your life. Yeah, that's the thing. If if you are on the fence about this, just go watch the movie It, and that that will you'll be done. The, the 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 thing about clowns to me is, are they smiling at us, or are they leering at us? That's what I don't know, and that's why I don't like them. Well, that's the thing. It's just the paint that's smiling, but behind yeah. that, clearly they're yes. trying to kill you, according to uh, Golic yeah. Junior. Yes, so. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say, well, the movie <laughs> It, and then I would say the entire like. Batman comic book series introducing mm. the Joker yeah. ruined any chances Joker, yeah. that clowns had in the modern discourse. They were screwed after that. Yeah, and not trying to offending you know any clowns out there watching our show, but you're scary. Uh, number five, you're on a mountain. Picture this in Alaska on a bus going a hundred miles per hour. Where are you sitting on the bus? I am well, sitting. All right, Dad, you take this one first. I want to think about this. I'm I'm going to be driving. I want to be driving. We're going 100 miles an hour, and we're on that. I want to be in control of that thing to see what's going to happen. I'm very confident in my driving skills, so put me in the driver's seat there. Uh, Gojar, are you confident in your dad's driving skills? Uh, I'm pretty confident in my dad's driving skills, but I'll tell you who I'd be even more confident in and where I'm going to sit on this bus next to Keanu Reeves. Because if I'm on a bus hurtling at an untold speed ah. in a treacherous situation, I want to be next to the man that helped navigate it here. I don't know if we've got the speed bomb strapped to this. I don't know if Sandra Bullock's going to be there too, but I know Keanu Reeves is ready to handle that situation and get us all to safety. I don't really care where I'm sitting. I just have fun with it. I'm probably going to die in the end, so I just strap it on, grab a drink. Well Throw some tunes there on. There you go. Enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> all right, last one. Now, actually, we have no more questions because I want to know what you guys would think and if there's a specific player, what you would ask him. But the, the floor is yours. And Gojo, I know you have a few questions you brought off the top. So what is the question you would ask and who would you ask? So this is the question I wanted to ask you guys and I would ask any sort of combine uh, present young man is, if you're locked in a mall for 24 hours and you've got to be actively hunted by one of these two groups, which one are you picking? Would you rather be locked in a mall for 24 hours with a single gorilla or five black mamba snakes? Dad, go. Uh, five black mamba snakes. Uh, a if they're hunting you, that gorilla is going to find you and you can't stop it. You can't climb out of your way. You can't do anything like that. The snakes, I'm going to try and come up with something. You know, there it's a mall, so there's a lot of things you can get to. A can of hairspray and a, and a, and a lighter, so I got a blowtorch. Can I get a liquid I can put on the ground in front of me and just stay with my back to a wall all night? And if the snakes approach, I now throw a match on that and I light them on fire. Not doing that to a gorilla. A gorilla is finding me and ripping me in half, so I will try and battle the snakes. This is a very violent episode. I feel like we've talked about a lot of death and destruction. Um, I, I don't, Senior, I, I gotta disagree though. Gotta go, Gorilla. Gotta go, Gorilla. Try yeah. to become friends with him. Oh, Mike, I we're gonna get your answer to this. I just think that 
with the gorilla, it's trying to find me. I'm trying to find the snakes. I don't know where those guys are. And there's five of them and they're fast as all hell and dying by venom versus dying by being ripped in half by a gorilla. I don't know where I stand on that. The ripping might go quicker. And so that could be the, uh, the option that I go for. All right, while we've been busy trying to hide from gorillas and outsmart a pack of snakes here, Dad's been ruminating on the combine question that he wants to ask us here. So, Dad, the floor is yours. What do you got? Well, well, first I want to go back to the gorilla and the snake thing for a second because okay. I, chose the, I chose the snakes because I feel I could battle them better. Again, five mambas or a gorilla who are actively hunting you in a mall for 24 hours – I feel I could put myself in a position to defend myself better against the snakes than the gorilla. Why are you choosing the gorilla? I mean, are you, are, since it's hunting you, are you going to try and turn and hunt on, hunt it? Or are you going to just try and oh, run God, no. and hide for the 24 hours? So, so when you know it's hunting you and going to find you, you know the gorilla is going to find you. There's so much food, though. I feel like the gorilla will just go for, you know, malls. There's there's millions of places. But he's hunting can... you. Oh, okay. He's hunting you. <laughs> that, that's that's the thing about this question like you I'd said. They're friends. hunting you. I feel like I'd be friends with the gorilla. I'm ah, I'm, I'm assuming he's a guy gorilla, too, so he's easily distracted, and all of a sudden, if Auntie Anne's is firing up the pretzels, or God forbid, oh, yeah. there's a Mrs. Fields or a Cinnabon store in Ooh. there, there's no chance he's going to be able to avoid that sweet aroma. It's mm -hmm. going to get him going a little bit, and that's when I'll be running over to Macy's or Nordstrom or whichever one of these stores has the most space, and then clouding myself in all of the clothing so that he can't smell the sweat, because apparently uh, gorillas can smell either the musk of an unfamiliar gorilla or human sweat very well. And so I just need to keep myself calm and cool, kind of like Dad in the Predator, when you got to cover yourself with mud so that the infrared sensors yeah. of the Predator can't see you and find you out in the wild. I would just do that with sensibly priced stuff from the bargain rack. So the only problem with that, Mike, is in knowing you that if the gorilla was in that area and you were trying to hide yourself, then it would come down to can the can the gorilla smell poop because you would poop your pants. <laughs> More than likely. I mean, yeah, it's a gorilla coming after you here. But then again, yeah. I would know exactly where and when the gorilla was coming from, thus to begin the pooping. Because with the snakes, you might not know until that last second. You might think, oh, I'm chilling. I got this. I am killing this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you just feel a whap, whap, whap. Because the black mambas, too, those things, they get multiple bites in there. And all of a sudden, you're looking up, and you're dizzy, and the fever is running, and you're just dead. <laughs> all right, we're going to disagree on that. <laughs> I'm definitely fighting the snakes. What's your question? Do you have a question to ask us? Oh, my question to the, the, the um, combine guys, or to you guys, if you could be a superhero, which superhero would you be? Because I, I think while it's a simple question, I think can tell a lot about a person on how they answer and who they choose on what they're looking to be. Mm. Go, I feel like you have a good answer. I don't. I don't really I'm know trying to be Hulk, man. I, I mean, Bruce Banner, you get to be smart as hell, and then you get to turn into a green guy that everybody is afraid of. Like, he is the nuclear option in every Marvel cinematic universe, in every comic. He's the one. It's like, oh, and by the way, we got this dude back here, and who wouldn't want to be that dude? And also, like, man, to go in the weight room as Hulk, that'd be awesome. To just go in ragdoll weights and finally feel like all those meatheads I see on steroids at Gold's Gym, that'd be sick.
Is Batman See, that, a that's superhero? what I think. Is who? Oh, there we go. Is Batman a superhero? I'm bad. I don't really. No, Batman is not okay. a superhero. Now, in the con- in the context of superheroes, Batman is a superhero. Claudia, to go back, and, and I've talked about this, when, when Mike Greenberg and I were doing Mike and Mike at ESPN, we, non- we just brought this up as an ancillary thing. I don't even know how it came up. It took over like three days of our show because Greeny felt Batman was a superhero. I felt he was not a superhero, just a very rich person with a lot of tools at his disposal. But I would say this, that if, if I was a team and I asked this to a quarterback, I would like my quarterback to say, I'd like to be Batman because it's, he's smart. He uses all the tools around him. You know, the type of person, because I would pick Superman. I just want to fly. I want to be strong. I want to have laser vision. But I, I think it would. I think teams would like players, quarterbacks, to say they'd like to be Batman. Sign me up, Pat. I'm mean, right here. Right here. She's ready to go. She's ready to be Batman for you. That being said, I do wonder if the Batman and Superman discourse is the perfect illustration of the modern NFL quarterback conversation where we've seen and heard a very frustrated Tom Brady recently talking about watching these guys with more athletic ability, not solve problems from the neck up, not look for, all right, I'm getting blitzed here. Where's my outlet? Where's my hot? How am I reading through this? And just relying on their physical ability to get them out of there. I feel like old quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, a little bit more of the Batman route where what we always hear with Batman, and it annoys the ever-loving hell out of me, because you're not always going to have prep time. Sometimes you're going to have to roll up and scrap. And when Batman's just got to roll up and scrap, it's not going to go as cute, because he's so based on prep time and film study and diligence there, versus, man, hey, listen, Mahomes, he might be combining some of the Batman stuff now, but that's Superman over there. Hey, I'm rolling into the part. Yep. I'm rolling in here out of the hospital with more than you've ever had right now. And when it comes time to solve these problems, I got every tool in the belt I need to use it. Everyone's trying to find him, Josh Allen. They want Superman now as opposed to the Batman they were getting yep. then. That's fair. See, there you go. There you go. I think that's a good breakdown. And again, Batman's not a superhero. Amen. Batman slander will continue until morale improves around here. Speaking of morale, Claudia, uh, we've had a bunch of interesting yesterday, and we will get to coming up in just a few minutes here. A lot of the press conference sound we heard yesterday is GMs, coaches, and otherwise took to the podium at the Combine yesterday to start to get their agendas out of there. And one of them was interesting from the Cleveland Browns and their front office about proposing something new for the NFL's trade deadline. Yeah, Browns... Barry is calling for a pushback on the trade deadline. So right now it's around week eight and he wants it to be week 10. And he actually has pretty good reason for it. It's interesting. We have the sound for you now. Um, if you look at us compared to the other major sports leagues, um, if you if you look at their seasons by like calendar days or games played, baseball and basketball, they have the trade deadline at when 65% of the games are played. Hockey's at 78%. Currently we're at 45%. Our proposal would move it to about 55% of the games played. So it's been this way after week eight for over a decade, yep. but he does make a pretty good point. Do you guys think this makes yeah. sense? Do you see any negative effects of this if it does go forward? Dad, I was trying to kind of go big brain on this and think maybe if you gave some teams more time, would they then overthink this and sit on their hands a little bit? But 
I generally think he tends to be right with more information and with what we've seen, a combination of younger GMs all throughout the league right now. You look at going into this last season, 14 GMs had been hired since 2021. You're dealing with a lot of new blood and people that had been more inclined to get out here and trade. You look at going back to 2012 when they trained it, the average amount of trades at the deadline between October 1st through the deadline yeah. window, there are an average of four and a half trades a year from 2013 to 16 eight and a half from 2017 to 2018 and from 2019 to 2022 an average of 14 and a quarter trades every year so some is great more is better the nfl's trade deadline becoming an actual thing has been huge yes. for the league and been a great talking point for them that i think they absolutely want more of i i agree listen for most of my radio and tv career post football Approaching the NFL deadline was just another day that ended in why. Nothing was happening. It never was. We were always waiting for the big baseball trades to go on by the trade deadline. Who were the buyers? Who were the sellers? Now you mentioned the numbers. In the last few years, it's up to over 14 trades uh, that go on. So it is a big part of the NFL. We've seen it work. It's just look at Christian McCaffrey, but there's others as well, you know, from TJ Hawkinson going from Detroit to Minnesota and others. So, and I like. Andrew Barry's thought process about it, of the percentage of games done, so you have a better idea of where you are in the season before we get to the buyers and sellers. For the NFL, it was it's less than the halfway point now that we have 17 games after week eight. Whereas we know, as he mentioned, the percentage in hockey and in baseball. So I think I understand and agree with his philosophy of give us a few more games so we have a better idea of where we are to decide if we want to be buyers or sellers. Yeah, in a league full of high-level competitors, I think while people always talk about tanking and bring that stuff up, generally everyone's wired to try and go out and max out their situation as best they can. And so if you give them even two more weeks where all of a sudden, hey, it's solidified, we're not making the playoffs, things aren't going to go the way, maybe even more teams then would be inclined to go and get an invitation to the party where they start dealing some of their assets and loading up for the future. Speaking of loading up for the future, coming up next, let's kick off hour number two, taking a look at some of the future plans for a bunch of organizations across the NFL that got laid out yesterday. Snakes have the ability, do we know, to herd up, to team up against you? For sure. To work together, I wonder? I feel like they create like a ladder to reach at whatever platform you think you're climbing yeah. up. Oh. Senior. If, yeah. if I snakes, saw that, snakes if I saw that, I'd probably teamwork. just off myself. <laughs> yeah, if I see them working together, I'm just offing myself, yeah. getting it over with. I'm telling you. Before you're getting ready for battle against a gorilla, and now you're just going to no. let the snakes no. tear you limb from limb? Well, if I see them working together, well, gorilla, it's over. If that gorilla is actively hunting, you're not, you're not stopping it. And I, I, I don't understand why anybody picks gorilla. I feel like gorillas are just talk ah, nice gorillas to are closer to that's humans. it, huh? Yeah, just like come on, man. Snakes, you can't talk. You gotta to. walk up and give it a little bow. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, sir.